What's going on, everybody? I'm Johnny Brook. Welcome back to episode number 29 of the Crafted Podcast. Podcast all that making stuff by hand, woodworking, metalworking, electronics, and more. We put out new episodes every Wednesday on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, pretty much everywhere podcasts are available. If you want to learn more about the podcast and see our show notes for each episode, check out our website at craftedpodcast.com. We have pretty detailed show notes for every episode and links to all the products or videos we talk about in each episode. So definitely go check that out. I also want to thank our patrons as always. That support is hugely, hugely helpful for us. I'd like to welcome a couple new patrons this week. Uh, Nathan Sevitz. I actually think he's the only new patron. So welcome Nathan and our top patron uh, supporter as always is Make, Build, Modify. So thank you for that. If you guys want to catch us live, we live stream every Thursday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. So you can live stream on our website or on the Crafted Podcast app, which you can download for free on the iOS App Store or the Google Play Store. So let me introduce my co-hosts as always. I've got James Wright from Wood by Wright. What's going on, James? Oh, so much. But for everybody <laughs> listening, I'll put it all on hold. <laughs> and I've got Zach Herberholz from ZH Fabrication. What's going on, Zach? How's it going? I actually already ate my pizza. Nice before the podcast, what? so it's, you're it's going to be seriously uh, prepared. Yeah. What's that? You're getting seriously prepared these days. I think I know uh, it's crazy. Our, our Zach snack segment is over before it ever even began. Well, I, I am. I do have walnuts. You are I always snacking, have walnuts, which is the most I fitting just, snack for a woodworker. They're so yes. good, man. Like <laughs> you know, you know, it's weird. Like, so I just always have a bag on my computer desk, and yesterday I was eating steak. And like walnuts and steak is a winning combination that I never would have expected. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. There's a it's, little yeah. bit of like a, a Worcestershire sauce. That'd make a really good salad too, like a good spinach and arugula salad with little goat cheese and walnuts and some sliced up steak. That'd Why be- would you ruin steak with salad? Dude, if you're uh, you know, <laughs> anytime I'm like low carbonate. Covering a salad up with steak is a good way to hide the salad underneath. It's like, you know, <laughs> you get all the savory goodness, and it's like, ah, I can barely even taste the spinach in there. So that's uh, that's my way. Cover cover salad with meat and cheese, and you'll barely even know it's there. So <laughs> Cool. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about what we've been working on. Um, I'll actually kick us off. It's been kind of a crazy couple of weeks for me. Uh, got back from vacation and have been in severe catch-up mode. I think I'm going to be working pretty much every single day uh, through till probably uh, May 25th or something like that. It's just been – I had a lot of client bills that have kind of come to uh, being due all at the same time. And uh, so, yeah, it's it's, it's been kind of crazy. But uh, put out the, the uh, kind of curfing – uh, in tables this past week and that that was really cool i'm really happy with the way those turned out um, those are going to be going in the jet and powermatic uh offices so pretty excited to have a couple of my pieces there that'll be that'll be cool um this week if you guys are listening in the itunes feed uh, i'll be putting out my part one of my rubo workbench video which i'm excited to finally be putting out after all this time um James definitely whoever made that bet about whether James was going to finish his dresser before my rubo that James officially officially beat me to the punch so uh, <laughs> I can't remember who made that bet but yeah it's it's taken me a really long time but the nice thing is like I have the rubo top done and I've had it done for a little while so I can kind of use it as a work surface I don't I don't have the dog hose the dog holes drilled so it's not 
super useful to have the wagon vise and no dog holes, but uh, <laughs> still, it's just a nice beefy work surface and keeps my existing bench kind of weighed down uh, and keeps it from moving around. So, um, the other things I've been working on these oak dining chairs, which have been really. Uh, They've been a pretty intense project for me. I've never built a chair before of any kind, and these are some arts and crafts style dining chairs, and they've just got all kinds of decorative rails, and you know it's all solid white oak, and most of it being quarter sawn. And um, this wood has had some, I guess there's some a little bit of bug damage and stuff like that. So a lot, of, a lot of working around some defects in the wood, and uh, the back legs are all one long piece, and so took a lot of you know kind of figuring out the best orientation to waste the least wood and all this kind of stuff so that was uh, a little have tricky. you have you uh assembled i mean have you built one chair yet or not yet it? i'm doing it kind of i'm batching it out because I, I have an existing chair that i'm referencing off of it's like the client that's the most stressful thing is the client has a chair two chairs that they really like and they want it to be an exact match both finish and you know the the design so well what you do is you how many are you supposed to make four so make uh make six of them and just keep his old two <laughs> i know that's it's actually funny i ended up <laughs> i ended up with nine legs because you know nine back legs when i only need eight uh, just because <laughs> i made one extra just in case i screwed it up because basically i made a a template out of three quarter inch plywood for the back leg. It was nice because I could just trace the existing back leg onto this template and then cut it out on the bandsaw and kind of shape it on the the oscillating belt sander and then use that as my router template. But these legs are like an inch and a half thick, so it it was a lot of routing. I had to do a lot of like it was just it was a real pain and ended up you know of course the router I, I tipped the leg a little bit a couple times so it gouged the leg a little bit so there's just a lot of like cleanup work to be done um but man i i got one of those white side ultimate flush trim bits uh, a couple weeks ago i don't know if you guys have seen these things they're like i don't even know like seven eighths of an inch diameter monster like spiral carbide flush trim bit with a bearing on the top and the bottom and they're both removable so i can use it as either a top bearing or bottom bearing bit i mean it's just incredibly useful and an absolute beast like no tear out whatsoever doesn't matter what orientation the grain is so uh, that thing <laughs> is uh, amazing so i think that's spoiler alert gonna be my tool of the week once we get there but uh anyway so it's been a lot of work thanks johnny <laughs> i'm still figuring out the joinery uh i actually picked up a hollow chisel mortiser just for these chairs um so that'll be kind of interesting but uh i think i talked about that a couple episodes ago but anyway so that and then i've got six bathroom vanities that i'm working on as well which are due uh next friday so lots and lots of pieces so like 13 pieces of furniture delivered by like may 24th so it's it's uh it's been kind of crazy to say the least i'm kind of tired of woodworking right now so <laughs> i i miss woodworking i have been doing are you are you done with yours before i say yeah, 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 yeah. I think derail. That's everything i think i got like 900 things going so yeah that's that's a great segue into like i, I want to revitalize your woodworking spirit because i have spent like I've spent the past the whole week just grinding and like <laughs> yeah, dude, 
cutting and grinding and cutting and grinding and everything is black and I blow my nose and it's black <laughs> and like I take a shower and I can smell the metal in my beard when I the water it's just like I'm so so happy to be done. <laughs> I mean, I love what I'm doing, but just like so much, like three days of grinding and cutting straight is just not, it's just not my favorite thing. And right now, those chairs look super uh, polished, man. That's a really nice surface you've got going on there. Thanks. Uh, if anybody's curious, those or, um, so the finish is, it's, it's kind of, it's going to be interesting because I haven't done, I really let me, let me think before I start talking here. I'm trying to multitask too and like put some questions into our uh, prompt. So I'm just going to not do that for a second. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the finish initially, I was in the design phase, I was thinking I was going to do black, uh, you know, the kind of the standard finish that I do on most of my stuff, that industrial black finish. And then once I got the walnut in place, I thought, man, this just has to be this has to be raw steel. It just yeah. the contrast between the the steel and the walnut. It's like I have to find a way to make this work because it's just it, this is what it, this is how it's supposed to look. Yeah. And uh, side note for anybody who's curious, I I posted a picture of of it on my Instagram uh, ZH Fabrications. If you want an idea of what we're talking about, so. This is going to be kind of experimental. I'm using uh, a product from Sculpt Nouveau called Everclear. Mm-hmm. I haven't used it yet, but I think it's some sort of an, an acrylic that it's like, uh, I don't know if it's like an acrylic epoxy or something, because there's two parts that I have to mix together hmm. and uh, spray it on there raw. I mean, after I hit it with some uh, cleaner and surface prep. So. I don't know yet. It they they said it should be should hold up fine, so I trust them. Nice. But I've never done that, before, so we'll see. Uh, but what's tricky though? Here's where it gets interesting. Um, so there's a picture a while back of the prototype where you can kind of see. Well, you can see in the armrest how the the walnut sits up in that angle iron for the armrests. Yep. So here's the tricky part: the walnut the wood goes up into the armrests and then the armrests get welded on the frame. So I'm going to have to finish the wood, put it in the armrests, weld the arms onto the chair and then spray the metal. Huh? So I'm going to have to like figure out how to weasel some, what's that? You're going to like mask off the walnut area. So it doesn't get that, acrylic or whatever on there or are you just gonna yeah fly? yeah exactly so it's just gonna be kind of interesting because it sits tight up against there so yeah. i might have to like try and like weasel some wax paper or something it, it's gonna be interesting that's so, gonna be tricky um, yeah just have you I ever mean, tried it probably, it's oh good it's probably one of those things to where it always it seems really intimidating and then you'll do it and you'll be like wow why did i worry about that that was easy <laughs> yes. yeah some tape will probably just make it not a huge deal. I mean, the other. I mean, obviously, lacquer would be pretty easy too. Although I guess that doesn't hold up as where as well to like scratches and stuff as like this product sounds like it will. Yeah, that's the idea. And I I was even thinking about doing like like a metal oil or something, but I I just don't want to chance it with. I yeah. want to get the most durable thing as I can. And I'm sure the client he's he's a really cool guy, and he he's actually an architect and. 
if you've never been intimidated doing design work before, uh, design something for an architect. It's nerve wracking. <laughs> he's, he's a really oh, yeah. cool guy, but yeah, you know, like when you're designing something a for a guy builder. who's like knows so much more than you do about design and yes. architecture and just using terminology that you're like, okay, hold on a minute. Let me look that up. Yes. And I'm fairly well versed in that stuff, but, uh, it's been great though. It's it's a it's an awesome project because chairs. Well, I've never I built like a, a kind of a tiki style chair before, but like building a real chair is nerve wracking to begin with, just because it's very. Uh, I mean, there's there's a lot of measurements that that have to be, uh, you know, exact. Otherwise, yeah. your chair is not going to be comfortable at all, and. Uh, I mean, there's just so many variables to, to get right. So, yeah, uh, it, it's really pushed me. It's been a really fun project. And I, I think uh, I, sh- I should be done hopefully this next week. I'm really pretty much just waiting on the upholstery uh, for it. Um, I, I, I welding on the gussets today and I ran out of my uh, shielding gas like right before the last yeah, weld. That sucks. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's happened to me before. It is so freaking annoying. It's so, always at like four fifty nine, like yeah. or oh, yeah. four forty, like just if it takes you twenty minutes to go get gas, like <laughs> yeah. Well, my closest weld supply store is like forty minutes away, so it's like not uh, a super convenient trip. It's it's always super annoying. That or weld wire itself, you know, you buy the giant spool and yeah, you know, it's there forever, and then yeah. it's not. So, um, have you ever I thought used to keep a backup on hand? Yeah, that's a good idea. Have you ever tried like bead blasting or sand blasting, Zach, for like that kind of matte finish? Which I, I love that kind of matte raw on. Like I know, like a lot of bike frame manufacturers use that for like steel frame bikes, and it's just super sexy to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I haven't. I mean, I've I've used a sand blaster before, but I don't have one. Um, that would be super. That would be awesome to have, but yeah. I'm so out of shop space right now. It's, <laughs> well, I bet you could just I drop it I off. I have power tools on the floor because I don't have anywhere to put them. Like, I have yeah. to hide them behind my workbench. <laughs> well, I'm sure, like, so. a local sandblasting place would probably do that for pretty cheap. I mean, those those guys, they they crank through that stuff. I mean, I know I've had yeah. a couple. Uh, You're in an auto body shop. <laughs> yeah, I've had bike frames, you know, sandblasted to strip the paint and then powder coated and... Uh, it you know it was like a hundred bucks for a bike frame for the the sandblasting and the powder coating. So uh, I just I think that's such a cool look. I, I'm considering like my next metal project finding a place locally that do that for me because yeah I, I have no interest in trying to set that up myself because man that's a freaking mess and you need a lot of space. So yeah, cool. Uh, my Siri just picked up. I said seriously and it like <laughs> it just started blabbing. Check this out. Or is it? It's it's like ter- it's trying to repeat back what I said. <laughs> yeah, that that hey Siri functionality has never worked for me. Like in a, in I didn't even when some, I need it. I, you know, it's like when yeah, my I didn't even hands are covered on. in paint. I'll be like, hey Siri, set a timer for like five minutes, and and that never actually works. But uh, anytime I say seriously, then it's like, how can I help you? Yeah. Yeah. Mine just repeated back my whole sentence to me in broken English. Siri is but, a complete failure in my opinion. But uh yeah. Um Yeah. Well uh so the chairs 
almost done with those. I'm really excited for that. I have a big desk build coming up, but I've been, uh, as far as like what else is new, uh, trying to keep up with those key fob things, the yeah. forged key hooks. Um, those have been selling really, really well, surprisingly. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that and um, I just put T-shirts up for sale on my website like 30 minutes ago, and I've already sold like six of them, which is crazy. So nice. Uh, I guess I'm going to have to order more. Oh, seven of them. Nice. Wow, crazy. Um, I need to get some T-shirts made. That's one of those things that I keep putting off. Man, I, I switched over to uh, – this isn't an advertisement, but I switched up my, my website <laughs> over to Squarespace, and it is so much better than Weebly. <laughs> like, yes. Anytime somebody buys something, I get a pop-up like on my Facebook, and it tells me who bought what, which is really useful. Yeah, so, Squarespace um, seems to be – pretty pretty awesome i uh, i'm liking it I, i'm I really considering like switching the podcast website over to that um but anyway that's that's way <laughs> more tech talk than we need to get into um holy crap yeah i seriously just sold eight shirts in the nice. past 30 minutes um but uh oh my shop truck i forgot to mention that last time i put a new carburetor on it last week and it runs so much better. I mean, it ran all right before, but it is night and day. So um, I have nice. almost finished editing the video on that. Hopefully, I will put it up tomorrow. Um, cool. I don't see why it won't be up tomorrow. It's just a short one. It's like three minutes long. Nice. But, uh, yeah. Cool. Oh, Jay. and then the welding cart. That will be up this week, too. The plasma uh, cart video. Nice. That should be up on my main channel. Nice. James, what you been working on? Uh, well, I built a bench in the woods. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, I, that I was also, awesome, I, man. <laughs> I, uh, I I go running quite a bit at the local um, uh, state park. There's a lot of trails, and I, I really enjoy doing trail running. But um, there's this large slab of wood just off the trail that... Uh, a few friends of mine carried from like a mile and a half away and it's like a, a nine foot long log that they carried and they keep calling it the bench but there's no legs it's just a log sitting on the ground and so it kind of gave me the idea that one of these days i'm just going to on my hike go up there with a bunch of tools in my backpack and throw some legs into it <laughs> <laughs> so i i just grabbed a uh, some sticks that I found along the way and, and made legs and bored into the bottom of the the log and put six legs in it. And now there's a bench. And it was a, uh, one of those, those cool ideas that's, it only ended up taking like 15 to 20 minutes of actual work to create. Yeah. And it's a fully functioning bench. Next time you need to bring your, uh, couple, couple carving chisels and uh, carved yes. logo onto the top. So it's there to commemorate whose work that is. Cause that was such a like funny video, you know, like just, just such an off the wall idea, but I um, thought it was so cool, man. That, uh, that was a cool thing. That's actually been doing pretty well, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Now that, and I'm, I'm working on, uh, carving a large sign for a camp. Oh, nice. Um, they have a this they're they're trading me the work for the sign for the lumber for my new bench oh nice um, so basically i'm carving this plaque that's about 30 inches by 16 inches that's um, a three-dimensional um, carving of the, the camp's logo 
Um, but they're going to then give me um, 150 board feet worth of oak and cherry. So I'll take that. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it seems like the – is it like a summer camp or like just a campground? Yeah, it's a Christian summer camp. Yeah, yeah. It seems like they're in like full swing right now. That's that's what a lot of my current work yeah. is, is like building a lot of stuff for uh, this local summer camp, which I'm guessing is revamping stuff before the summer session starts. So that's funny. That's cool. Nice, man. Well, uh, we've got a lot of Q&As from you guys, the audience. So first of all, thank you all for submitting your questions. Uh, it's it's awesome to you know hear that, A, you guys are listening, and I guess, B, you think we're knowledgeable enough to uh, answer your questions. So <laughs> we've got a whole list of them. Uh, so I guess we're just going to try to run through them. Uh, we'll definitely answer a few things in the uh, – in the after party or after show uh, for the $5 and up patrons. So if you want to check that out, that's a good way to get a little extra content. So um, first we've got a question. Uh, guy didn't actually list his name, but uh, it's just on wood identification. So um, I, I think the better question is kind of how to identify a wood that you don't know. Um, he sent us a couple pictures, and the first picture he just sent was just the end grain, which – can be doable for identifying wood, but it's a lot easier if you can see the face grain. Um, and well, technically, like if if you get super technical, like the best way is end grain. Yeah, like with the at least in that that uh, that understanding wood book that I push so much, which I think is like the well, gospel. The best way of, is actually leaves, but well the best way is to buy from a lumber dealer and have them tell you uh what the, the best way is. is to read the sign yeah <laughs> yeah below it say oh this but is I, walnut I don't, thank you yeah i mean i think to the layman you're like absolutely correct and i'm 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 the layman myself like i read that that book but uh i mean just from for me looking at wood uh, i'm with johnny like it's way easier looking at just the face grain but i think if yeah. like to differentiate between species that are really close you can actually yeah. see the cell structure in the the end grain better but i don't know yeah i don't have any associations of end grain yeah. cell structure really so that's completely useless to me well especially with like domestic hardwoods like i think we all well i, I guess i shouldn't speak for everybody but i think you know if, if you do a lot of woodworking you're gonna get to know the woods that are in your area pretty well so you know cherry oak hickory walnut those kind of maple those kind of things uh and so this as we all kind of agreed looks like cherry on the ingrain the, the face grain's really rough it's obviously an older board um but uh i think you know if you're having trouble with this just take a little block plane or whatever and scrape off some of the surface and try to expose a little more of that face grain because yeah. rough lumber is harder to identify for sure. I mean, it's, yeah. it's uh, you know, it, it all looks kind of gray. So especially uh, poplar, I found that poplar can be like the yeah, most like 70 different colors that can come yeah. in. It's yeah. crazy. Like yeah. I've bought, um, I've bought poplar that just looks like a beautiful Brown and I yeah. like hit it with a block plane and it's like, like, puke green like <laughs> yeah, bile like, what just happened wood. like you can get I, to purple yeah yeah it's i mean it can be pretty i mean yeah you know, the, for the uh, most part it's like paint grade but it, it can be nice looking but then you get that weird kind of yeah. awful green and it's like Ugh, this is not so good the uh that industrial table which is seen like a resurgence on my website the small one that has some really cool looking poplar on it that's like pink and red and black and yeah 
stuff. Yeah. But there was the, for that amount of wood, there was an equal amount of bile green wood yes. that I threw yes. off yeah. like for the yeah. side. Yeah. Now yeah. back to the, the, the main question of how to identify it. One of the the best things when you're starting out, well, the best way to identify wood is to have the experience and, and have worked with it and <laughs> yes. play with the woods. Yes. And the best way to build that up quickly is just to go to your lumberyard and don't look at the tag. Just inspect the wood and then make a guess and then look at the tag yep. and see how close you came. And then go to the next pile and look at the wood and make a guess and then look at the tag. Yep. Uh, you, you can you can pick up you know your local 10 to 30 lumber uh, choices pretty quickly. And uh, you start to get to know what kind of families they come from by their, their ring structure and their coloring and yep. how they feel and how heavy they are and that type of thing. Yeah, I mean, just woodworking just doing it and working with random types of wood will certainly help. I, mean, I remember, you know, a year and a half ago or whatever, when I built this live edge slab poplar coffee table, it was like my first like real piece of furniture, you know, just a slab with some hairpin legs on. It, and I thought I was like a, you know, master woodworker. And, uh, <laughs> I sent a picture to my, a buddy of mine who's like a professional luthier. And he was like, Oh, poplar. Nice. And I, I was like, so amazed that he could just look at this and know it was popular. And it's like, now it would be like, yeah, <laughs> duh. It's like, of course that's popular. But, you know, it's just one of those things that the more you're around it and the more you use it, uh, it, it, it becomes a lot easier. Now, for me, personally, exotics are still kind of foreign to me. I don't use a lot of exotics. I mean, I know, obviously, like Purple Heart and things like that. But, you know, when you get into, like, Bacote and Cocobolo and Babinga and all those <laughs> kind of start to run together to me because a lot of them have kind of similar you know kind of looks to them so um, that's yeah. also one of the the big benefits of of hand tool woodworking is you actually get to feel the wood and how yeah. it cuts yeah. and you, you became you you start to get a, a very obvious transition between the differences of you know what's oak and what's ash um you know they they can kind of run together and look similar but as soon as you plane them you can tell immediately what the difference is definitely definitely Cool. Uh, let's, I guess, move on to the next one. Um, so <laughs> Matt asks, on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being new to the big box store and 10 being 50 years of mastery, how would we rank ourselves? <laughs> that's like, uh, that's kind of cruel, Matt. I, I think I'd give myself like a 2.7. I feel like I'm just a young grasshopper on my journey. Yeah, I would I would have to say like I'm a I'm a three because I, I, I don't really I, I don't spend enough time to master any particular skill. I like to get a little bit of dabbling in everything. Mm-hmm. Just enough to be dangerous in whatever I touch. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> I'd say I'm definitely a ten. I know everything. <laughs> uh um, I I don't even know. How. <laughs> I know. Like, how do you rate I, yourself? I think that's a I mean, ridiculous like, answer for a ridiculous question. <laughs> yes, I think it's like, hmm, how pretentious am I? The question, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, am I going to be humble or yeah. ridiculous? I'll yeah. be ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, but even comparing like ourselves to other people in our community, it's kind of interesting, you know, like those perspectives, like like even comparing like when I compare myself to like somebody like Mark Spagnolo, who not only has been woodworking for 
I mean, who, who knows how many years, but has been actually producing video content about woodworking for a decade. You know what I mean? Like, there are so many people out there with so much knowledge. It's just, I, I don't know. I mean, it really depends on, I think, specificity, as James kind of, you know, pointed to. Th- that's another big thing, you know? Like, certain people are very, very good at certain things, but, you know, if you put james on a cnc he would be a zero you know like uh, there there's oh, I, I used to be a cnc operator well, okay. maybe james you are a <laughs> jack of all trades okay you know welding instructor you just know how to use my router table immediately i'm like what the heck man you're the hand tool guy you're not supposed to be good at power tools so uh <laughs> anyway the bad example but you get my drift it's like taking I think James is like in the witness protection program. Seriously. Like the yeah. more I know him, I'm the like, world's man, most I'm like, interesting man. Oh, how do I you put my face up on did... YouTube three times a week? <laughs> yes, yeah, seriously. That'd be a terrible job choice. It's, be a it's content a creator <laughs> under witness protection. We want you to create viral videos. Yes. <laughs> your new name is your new name is James. Uh, <laughs> yes, we want you to be a super super niche. YouTube video woodworker about only hand tools. That that uh, that would be funny. Uh, well, I think that's enough of that question. <laughs> so uh, I guess the next question from Andrew Zach. You want to read that? It seems like it's sure. Uh, I got uh, I got bombarded this week with uh, questions, which is actually fun for me because usually they go to Johnny for the podcast. But yeah. I got some personal stuff, and uh, it made me feel special. So awesome. Without further ado. Um, let's see, this one's from, uh, Andrew Schaefer and I'm, there's a fair amount of text here, so I'm going to try and find the important stuff because I forgot to cut it out before the podcast. <laughs> I was busy eating my dinner before yeah. the podcast. Um, all right. Okay. 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 I have a fair background when it comes to woodworking, but my experience with welding is slim to none. Do you have any recommendations with equipment or where I should start? I'd like to do my own frame and handle. Not sure I could get away with my own nails. Um, do you have any advice for a novice of the extreme? I greatly appreciate it. Um, so as far as like the, the metal thing, I've touched on this in the past and, and yeah. kind of the, the reason that I'm bringing it up is I got so many questions about it this week. I just feel like it'd be, and I referred everybody to this podcast and I said, I'm going to answer them all. So. Well, and they should go back and listen to our episode on setting up our shops on a thousand dollar budget. Mm-hmm. Cause I think you went into some really good, like how to set up a metalworking shop on a budget in that episode. Um, mm-hmm. And that would be a good kind of list i think of just you know your basic equipment uh, that was a very good episode uh, for both woodworking and metalworking so yeah but i can i can quickly kind of uh um highlight some of the important notes on that as far as if i had to start over with a limited budget here's the order i would do things in i would personally i'd get a mig welder um Get, I'd go with a name brand, go with like a Lincoln Electric or Hobart or Miller. You, I mean, there's going to be people that debate me, but for I've never needed a, a, a 220. Um, I've done everything on a 110. I mean, if you're doing a lot of really heavy-duty structural stuff, yeah, certainly a 220 is better. But uh, just being budget conscious, if your budget only allows you a good 110 welder, that's, that's going to be completely fine. That's what I use every day. Yeah. 
Uh, I have a Lincoln Electric uh, 140C, which is their commercial. Um, it's a little bit better than the ones that you get at Home Depot. So, uh, but yeah, Lincoln Electric, uh, Miller, Hobart, uh, I think Thermalark. There, there's a few. There's stick with a good name. Don't if you go get something. If you get like a something from your local, uh, you know, department store, or Harbor Freight, you're gonna have a hard time uh, sticking metal together well so uh get uh, get a good welder um an angle grinder is an absolute must-have yes. uh, i like yeah. the the i actually my favorite one is the cheap dewalt one i think it's like 50 60 bucks it's the smallest one they have which is nice because uh you can hold it in one hand and hold whatever you're grinding in your other hand which you shouldn't ever do but i do it all the time <laughs> uh so yeah, that's I mean with those two tools, you can you, you you can do almost everything that you need to do. It might not be the most efficient way to do it, but with a welder and an angle grinder, you can you know, you can get a cutoff disc, you can cut your material to size. You can grind it. Uh flap discs are awesome. Uh the quick strip discs are great for mill scale. So I mean, you're into the whole thing. Those two tools, you can get into that around probably six seven hundred bucks uh probably even less if you go with i'm just thinking of my welder but you can probably get a, a hobart or something for less money and i don't know maybe five six hundred bucks you're set up um yep. so that that's i mean that's all you need to get started and practice sticking metal together i mean yep. uh but just run beads yeah yeah run beads and and uh experiment and uh you know, figure out. I think one of the most important skills that you can develop as a welder is actually filling holes. And it sounds dumb, but yeah. like you're going to burn through metal a lot, oh, yeah. uh, especially if you're working with through thinner stuff. And having the skill set to be able to close that hole back up—that's pretty much that's your wood glue. If you can do that, like <laughs> you can erase your mistakes. Yep. So when yep. you burn through something, or if you have a if you didn't fit your metal right and you have a giant gap, you can weld it shut and make it look like nothing ever happened. It's like your eraser yep. or your that's control what, Z function. That's what I used to tell my students is, you know, don't be afraid to mess up because with, with metalworking, it doesn't really matter if you mess up. There's always a way to fix it. Yep. You can you can add metal. You can subtract metal. You can't do that with wood. Yeah. In, in a way, metalworking is a lot more forgiving uh, yeah. than woodworking. Uh, it's it's yeah. it's it's dirtier and it can take longer sometimes. But I mean, when you um, have a I gun, that basically more, shoots but you can metal, fix any it's problem. Like, <laughs> it's yeah. like I, yeah. you just spray metal on the surface. It's like I've yet to find a, a wood substitute for that. It's it's kind of yeah. awesome. I uh, I curse a lot more metalworking though. I yeah. notice. <laughs> and I don't get to listen to my music because it's just oh, it's louder. Yeah, like woodworking for me it's a lot more like peaceful and serene. And once you get into TIG welding, yeah, yeah, but still, TIG I mean, very comfortable. You're wearing a bunch of stuff, yeah. and yeah, I'm always Florida, sweating, so it's hot, definitely. and it's definitely louder and dirtier. Um, but yeah, so like I said, uh, welder, angle grinder, like those are your those are your foundational items. After that, a cold saw. Like get a, I mean, you can get by with an abrasive chop saw, but if you have the extra money, spend it on the cold saw. You're, the yeah. amount of money you save in not buying cutoff wheels for your chop saw, it will pay for itself in like six months or yeah. less, yeah. and you'll get a better cut. So I think that pretty much wraps cut. up that email yeah the next one is kind of in a a similar vein uh 
Just, I haven't read it yet. I just pasted it in there. I just skimmed through it. So he's basically just asking, you know, he's a wanting to get into building some metal table legs and, and furniture components and that kind of stuff. And uh, he's basically debating on getting something like the 140A or the Lincoln 210 MP, both uh, MIG welders. Um, the 210 being kind of the newest, uh, most pimped out uh, consumer level one with the you know electronic menu and not having to deal with amperage and, and all that kind of stuff so um, but the price is basically double so um, he says you know he doesn't do it full time he has kind of steady commission work so uh, what what our thoughts would be on that um, so I mean I you know I was lucky enough to get my welder for free so I you know I don't have a lot of great input on that but that being said I, I don't think if you're just going to be doing very very basic welding like that there's to me there's not a whole lot of reason to spend a double amount of money on it you know I I I'm in the mindset though if you're going to be welding more than like once every six months yeah Buy something new and buy something decent. Yeah, buy once. Um, something that's gonna that's gonna get you for a while. Now, if you're gonna be welding like once a year or or less, you know, go on Craigslist and get an old stick welder. Yep. Um, you know, you can if you if you shop around, you can get an old beast of a stick welder that will you know run you a hundred bucks or so. Yeah, like AC two twenty five or something like that. You can get this. Yeah, dirt cheap um, all day. You know, it's gonna take a little bit to learn, but with that, you could weld anything you wanted to, and it's it's a quick and easy setup. You don't have to worry about welding gas, so you don't have yep. to be storing a tank. Um, and it's 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 great for just that one time use. Yep. Um, but if you're gonna be using it more than that, then you know, get something that's decent. Yeah. So. Um, in the question, yeah, he's, he's asking if uh, the preference. And I actually kind of have a weird take on it. So I got to use Johnny's uh, welder when we were up in Asheville. And it's certainly a nice welder. And uh, I have absolutely no complaints. But call me old school. I like my 140C with just, I have two controls. I have wire feed and I have voltage. And I I have to figure it out on my own. Like there's no... I don't program it. I don't tell it what I'm doing. I don't, I don't like that. And, yeah. uh, I, I think once you get, I mean, I feel like a crotchety old man or something, but I feel like once you actually really f- figure it out, it would be, and I haven't spent a ton of time working, dealing with the interface on Johnny's welder, but, uh, or on the, the new welders, but I just like the simplicity of two knobs. Like I have to yeah. think, okay, what do I need? Do I need more or less of one of these? Yeah. And it's that it's that simple. There's no thinking, there's no pushing of buttons, there's no like dirty fingers or screens or if I'm wearing a polarized shade and tilted 90 degrees I can't read stuff and it's just it's simple. There's two knobs. Like well, I like that. So I would argue that the electronic one is extremely simple too. It it really only has one knob and that knob clicks in to select your your thing so it it, it's about as dummy proof as you can get because you just set your material thickness and uh, what you know obviously what type of welding you're doing and and go like i don't know anything about amperage and wire feed speed and i don't really need to with my machine but But, uh, i mean i know i should 
What if you're welding something thick to something thin? How do you set yeah, it for that? I, I kind of go somewhere in between and, and fiddle. And, I mean, you can adjust it very easily on the fly. You know, you just turn the knob, same same kind of thing. But the one yeah. thing I will say that the, uh, the the 210MP has, the MP stands for multiprocess. So it will do stick welding. It will do flux and solid core mm-hmm. MIG. And with an additional accessory kit, we'll do TIG. So for a one welder to do it all uh, yeah absolutely that a, that's a good thing but if you only see yourself doing mig i yeah i i agree i don't see especially if you're just getting into it because honestly you might not like it i mean honestly metalworking is really messy it's hot it's you know it's not for everybody yeah. it's very very different from woodworking like i enjoy it less uh, and, and I'm, <laughs> I'm totally fine saying that because it's hot and dirty and i don't like being either of those things so um I, I the end result is awesome but it's it's a you know it's a whole different ball game so yeah i'd say give it a shot and honestly before buying anything what i would do is try to find a local class at like a tech college or something and do some welding and see if you if you take to it if if you dig it and uh you know maybe see maybe you want to do tig welding maybe whatever you know maybe you just want to do a stick welder because it's easy and there's no tank to deal with because that's another pretty significant cost that you got to think about i mean a tank with gas is like 200 bucks it's not super cheap so um yeah that's that's something to consider um and it's a lot less portable than a stick welder you know if if you got a stick welder you can throw it in the back of your truck and well it it depends though i mean i think most of the people that are listening to our podcast aren't interested in welding together horse trailers sure you know like they're probably looking to do more delicate work which is not it's not uh the forte of a stick welder for that yeah definitely but as as the cheapest possible way to get into this hobby if you're uh, just looking to crudely stick metal together and yeah. I'm not saying that you can't do a nice weld with a stick welder, but it's not what it's they're famous harder. for. Yeah, they're no. they're like the brute force of welding. Yep, and they do a great. I mean, if you're building a bridge, you want a stick welder for yep. sure. Yep. Um, but uh, also, as far as the another thing, I wanted to 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 raise up. So the the 140C or the commercial versus like the Home Depot kits. Uh, the difference in that is that the voltage setting. I spent the extra money for the commercial because my uh, the potentiometers or the knobs on mine are infinitely adjustable, whereas the the standard ones that you buy are detents, mm. so you don't get that in between settings. And also the gun and the handle and everything are just a little bit nicer on the co- the commercial version. So yeah, anybody I mean, out there wondering what's with worth the, the 140C extra money. though, you you start to get closer to that the 210 price range so that that's something to yeah keep in mind although it it looks like well no that's what the the mig or the tig kit i think anyway that's enough about welders i think (laughs) uh well here's another welding question i guess (laughs) i told you i got a whole bunch of them a lot of them uh evan glades woodworks on zach's instagram everglades everglades oh yeah not evan there's two plural everglades woodworks that's hard to say it feels like i'm saying it wrong Everglades That's a long works. handle. Yeah, that wouldn't work on Twitter. Um, <laughs> anyway, so he's asking if he wants to get into welding. Would he? Su- would we suggest wire feed or or MIG or TIG? And I think we've pretty much already answered that MIG all the way. Yeah, absolutely. Unless you're doing, um, you know, unless unless you really need to 
jump right into aluminum or stainless. Uh, I'd say MIG is certainly the most practical way to go. It's fast, it's easy, and you can make it look like you weren't even there if, if you do it right. Yep, definitely. Definitely. Cool. Um, well, we've got, it looks like another one from Jed. Uh, let me, uh, who is in our live chat. Yes. So appreciate that Jed. Um, so he says he was talking with Zach earlier and was curious if producing content will benefit company growth. Um, so <laughs> that's a fairly broad question. Uh, but, uh, that's what I was trying to do earlier when I said, I'm not going to multitask. I was trying to paste that into our <laughs> chat. So he actually had a, he actually had a more, uh, uh, a better way of wording it than than that in our live chat. So hold on, hold on a second here. Cool. Well, I I, I do oh, think that. Uh, oh, I only pasted half of it. I'm bad. <laughs> I'm bad at this. You know, going back to the uh, the previous comment, uh, actually, one of the challenges that we had um, at the school where I learned welding. Um, was to stick weld two pop cans together end to end. Jeez, with, with an aluminum r- aluminum rod. Oof, that would and, be uh, tricky. Um, while I was there, no one was able to accomplish it. But there are, are, except for our instructor, and it was his claim to fame as he could weld two pop cans all the way around with a nice clean bead with a stick. Wow, that's uh, that's that's some serious skill, man. So okay, so they, Jed's full question. You want to read it, Zach? Sure. Uh, all right. So, yeah, here we go. Uh, I'm kind of trying to build a portfolio to start a business when I'm done with my military service. And my question is, has YouTube helped you in your business of making and selling things? And would you encourage producing content for that reason? Yes. Um, yes, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> content marketing. Go look it up. That is like the new strategy to be able to, yeah. any business, doesn't matter what it is, you should be creating content for and, your marketing. And whatever, plat, whatever platform you work on, whether it be you know YouTube or Instagram or Facebook even, uh, there, there are ways of making it work well and making it work quickly. Yes. Uh, I think YouTube is one of the easiest ways as long as you understand video work it's one of the easiest fast ways of creating an audience um instagram is probably pretty close second yep um and with either of those once you understand the format and you understand what you have to do as long as you have something to talk about and something to show um you can get an audience and and it can be a great way to get your name out there. And don't just self-promote. That That is, I think, the biggest yes. trap that people fall into yes. is they just get on social media and do nothing but post links to their you know, online store or whatever, and then they wonder why it's not working. It's because yeah. nobody cares. People want to be getting some sort of value out of what you're posting, and all you're ever posting is sales to your tchotchkes. They're not really gaining anything. So like when yeah. I worked for the cigar company, we would do beer or uh, like bourbon pairings with our cigars and talk about the flavor notes and how they worked with each other and all that stuff. And and while, yes, it, it promoted these cigars and how delicious they were, it also was content and, and gave people pairings to try on their own and they could comment on them and all, all that kind of stuff. So if you can create content that is useful uh, and will teach somebody something or entertain them, but yet also help to kind of get them to know your product that is that is the current best way to do marketing without question i mean content marketing is 
the absolute king right now because nobody pays attention to sidebar ads. Everybody skips over the pre-roll ads in your videos. I mean, you know, like it's really hard to get yeah. people to pay attention to actual ads. So you have to be a lot more kind of subtle with it. And, uh, you know, people have no attention span these days. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's difficult. So I wasn't listening was the- to anything you were saying, but what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> It's kind of half true, which is sad. <laughs> it's really easy to, to space out and get sidetracked oh, when you're recording Lord. a podcast. No, I, I was listening. I don't mean to be rude. That's um, yes, you do. But uh, <laughs> yeah, just just for entertainment value. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's totally worth it. And, and it, on several fronts, not just like the obvious uh, marketing and stuff. But it's I mean, it's just an awesome portfolio builder. Like if you're talking to I mean, I. I don't look at it so much as a way to generate clients. I've picked up some work through YouTube, but that's coincidental. That's like, hey, I saw your video and I live relatively close to you. Would you be interested in doing this? I mean, I get some of that, but yeah, that's that's not like I don't. It's not worth it for that alone. I don't think. Um, and that's that's kind of a crapshoot if you're gonna get business off of it that way. But I look at it as it, it's like a living portfolio. It's something that when when you go somewhere, like you have clout. Yep. Like you yeah. can say, you, I mean, you can be out of town, you can be at wherever, like you don't have to have your business. I mean, try and have your business card on you, but I mean, that's, that's my business. That's, I have business cards, but that's my business card. Yep. I mean, like that is way more sticker with your tricky. YouTube channel on it. And that's, that's all you need for your portfolio. Yeah. And I mean, it validates your work. It's not, you know, Joe Schmo that's doesn't like who is this guy and you go to his website on his business card and it has like that flame gif across the top from like <laughs> 1998 and the under construction guy with the pickaxe Geo cities yeah exactly it's like angel dot angel yes, seriously man like no i mean you have like you're up to speed like you you you're in the know and like you have it you have i mean it shows people your work and how you work and and uh you know it's 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 a, yeah. like I said, it's a fantastic portfolio. And also one of the unexpected things is that it kind of gets you in this cool scene of DIY people. And like there, I've been in a lot of scenes in my life and the two coolest are people like mountain bike people <laughs> and like maker people. Yeah. Like they're so cool. They're like the two communities of just awesome people that are, super encouraging and fun to hang out with and i mean that sounds weird maybe if you're not used to it but i mean if you ever get the chance to go to like a local woodworking thing or like a maker event it's so much fun like i went to my first one with you guys in atlanta and it's just it's just awesome to be a part of it so yeah it's it's definitely worth your time i think yeah now have you any of you noticed um corporate youtube channels tend to be like commercials commercial channels they do it so badly and it was it is something that could you know really change a company around but instead they spend the money to try and get their their items on other channels as opposed to building their own channel yeah or they uh, spend which, you know, ten thousand dollars on producing the video and you know, yes. it looks flawless but the actual but content of the video is terrible <laughs> it's like yeah you know, like um what was the? I'm trying to remember the name of the. It's a German company that makes like this all-in-one tool, and they just put out a video on making a hot tub. A oh, hot hammer tub. or is Felder. 
Felder. Felder. There we yeah. are. Yeah, one of those two. That yeah. was genius. Yeah, yeah. They had another you one know, on the, building like a Maloof style chair with their bandsaw, and that's that yeah. is that is content marketing right there. And that, that that's the type of things that you know, even if you are not the person in the market for buying that massive beastie saw, which is you know it, that's focused at the the production shop. Yeah. Um, anyone can see that tool that that video and then pass it on. I mean, that's that's a that's basically a viral video. It's something that is interesting and intriguing. And just happens to be focusing on that tool and showing how it can be used as opposed to, you know, here's our tool and its features. Go buy it here. Yep. (laughs) Well, I I think people don't realize, okay, let's break down content marketing. Two words. One word, marketing. The other word, content. You know, like it it has to be good content. It has to be something interesting to watch. Nobody wants to watch commercials voluntarily. So if that's all you're going to put out on your YouTube channel, it's not going to do very well for you. So. You know, keep it subtle, two, and yeah. The only time when commercials work on their own is in the Super Bowl. Yeah, it'd be funny if really like funny the something. ad for their product was the same as the video. Yeah, of their product, like you watch an ad that's the same as the video. <laughs> well, right okay. afterwards. So, <laughs> instructional commercial. <laughs> have you guys seen this new Heineken thing where you know they bring a bunch of people, a couple like pairs of people into a room and have them do some sort of like task together and then after doing the task and then bonding over doing a task together and they reveal that they're either like opposite politically or you know whatever one of them's you know whatever they're they're people who would traditionally disagree and not like each other okay it's basically a three minute long ad for heineken at the end but the the actual content of the video is very interesting and it's done really really well for them it's got a ton like multiple millions of views and you know that that's the type of thing that you know at the end of the video they're basically sharing a Heineken. So yeah, it's this nice you know heartwarming moment that you know terrible beer is going to bring people together. But you know that 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 works well. You know so that that is the key. So anyway, that was a, a long ramble on about content marketing, but. Uh, inside baseball i'm a little passionate about it if you can't tell yeah i mean that was one of the big things i pushed at at that cigar company and it was so effective you know we it it, it just really is is awesome and then you know if you're doing youtube or, or blogging or whatever building your social media to help support that is is really the way to go so uh, yeah anyway cool well uh i guess let's talk about what we've been watching what do you guys got, James? I've been watching um, anytime that uh, Fine Woodworking puts out another Masters of the Craft video. Um, I, I love that series. I'm not a huge fan of most of the Fine work, Woodworking videos. Uh, I don't know. I just they're not my type cup of tea. Um, but the Masters of the Wood, Masters of the Craft are phenomenal, and uh, um, they just put one out this last week that was um, incredible about uh, using. The, the wood that other people throw away, the the Wayne and uh, the knotty figured and just wood that is a pain to work with but can really generate some amazing, amazing woodworking and uh, a very beautiful video, one that you want to sit back, turn it up, and enjoy. I'll have to check that out. So I want to promote uh, Rogue Engineers channel. Uh, Jameson is doing a really good job over there. He, he's got a huge blog presence. Um, I've, I've 
checked out his blog quite a bit. He puts out really high quality free plans over there. So if if you're kind of to me, they're great kind of beginner intro to woodworking builds. You know, really simple tools, uh, a lot of you know pocket holes and that kind of thing. But a great way to kind of get into woodworking on a budget. Uh, but he started doing a lot more videos, and the videos are really great quality right from the get-go so um definitely recommend checking out a couple of these builds he's got a really cool like mid-century modern style media console and dining table and some bar stools and just some really cool pieces so um, definitely go check that out zach love the kids in the background oh yeah yeah he's always got his kids running around his wife's helping him in the shop it's just it's good stuff so i'm gonna bring up uh kind of an old uh an, an older one that i used to watch a lot when i first got into stuff and uh, i've been kind of watching some of his newer stuff lately uh kevin carone it's uh, oh, c-a-r-o-n yeah, yeah he's great uh, man really really cool guy he does ridiculous I, I wish that like i've been talking to him a bit and i want him to like he's been uh, a lot of his videos lately are how to's, which are really cool, but I miss some of his older videos where it actually shows him working on like some of the big metal sculptures and stuff that he yes. does. So he's, he's like a metal artist and, yeah. uh, the work he puts out is just absolutely incredible. It's very, very cool. Um, and it's, it's, it really hits me from like a design standpoint, just everything he builds is really cool. Um, so his YouTube channel is really neat, but also, uh, his website, I mean, just looking at his sculptures, uh, it's just kevincarone.com. He's just has some really neat stuff. So yeah, um, uh, definitely worth, worth checking out. And I actually talked to him too. I haven't told you guys yet. Um, I sent him a message a little bit ago and asked him if he might be interested in, uh, being on our show someday and he's, cool. he's in. So I think yeah. that would be a really cool show. Yeah. So we'd have somebody from kind of more of the artistic end of things, not that what we do isn't artistic, but I mean, sculpture is kind of a whole new level. Oh yeah, no, it's so. it's funny you mentioned that because like when I originally subscribed to him, I, I did it because I was interested in the art side, and he, I mean, he has posted a lot of how to stuff and like equipment reviews and stuff that I just wasn't as interested in. So I actually unsubscribed from him a couple weeks ago. Sorry, Kevin, but uh, yeah, that I'd love to have him on. He's super super knowledgeable about welding and. His art is crazy. I really wish he'd do more videos on that process. Cause, yeah, man, that, I, I think, that sculptural uh, stuff is amazing to me. Yeah, absolutely. And and he really uses like powder coating and and the type of paints he uses like in a really cool way. Uh, yeah, he knows his stuff. Color. And I remember I talked to him like a year ago. He's one of the he's like one of the big influences when I first started for me. Just seeing what he was doing is really cool. And how he actually applied it. What I liked was his earlier stuff. Like he'd sh- he'd be like, "I'm I'm gonna kerf this four by four tubing and bend it into this crazy track system and stuff." So it was yeah, it was more like I like that. Like this is what this is how I'm doing this process versus some of the how to stuff. But the house to the how to stuff is really cool too. But it just doesn't hit me like uh, you know more of the design aspect stuff. But He's a really cool guy. Uh, so yeah, I think I think uh, I think it would be really neat to have him on the show. For sure. Cool. So, that's uh, what I've been. Tools of the week. What do you guys? Oh crap. Uh, what do you guys been using? I, I'll go first since I already kind of spoiled mine. That uh, Whiteside Ultimate Flush Trim Bit. That thing is. Uh, if you do a lot of template work, uh, it, it is 
really incredible. I, I've always kind of used a lesser expensive, you know, like $30 white side straight uh, bladed bit and, you know, tear out and, and that kind of thing. Just big chunks being ripped out have always kind of plagued me. And this thing is is truly a game changer. I used it on that uh, those kind of kerfing, the rounded mid-century modern side tables I just built to flush trim the, the face frame. And, man, there was like, it was, I think, inch-thick walnut. There was probably a solid quarter to half inch of overhang. And one pass, no problem, completely clean, barely even had to sand it. I and mean, it was incredible going into the ingrain and all that stuff. So really, really amazing. So definitely recommend that bit. Nice. So I, uh, I, I am in love with my cheap Harbor freight chisels. Yeah. Um, I, it is, it's just kind of nice to have a chisel that you don't mind banging up. And like when I went out into the woods to uh, do some woodwork on the bench, I just want to take a chisel that I didn't really care about. And for the price, I mean, you know, ten bucks for a set of six chisels, <laughs> I, they're they're actually really good. They're they're not bad at all. Uh, the handle's kind of crunky, but the steel's decent. And uh, yeah, you, you just can't go wrong with that. Yeah, having a bunch of extra chisels on hand is always useful to me because I mean, even if yeah. you don't use them for actual chiseling, they're great for like scraping off glue and that opening kind of stuff. cans of paint. Yeah, just yeah. actually everything. I, everything I use the. <laughs> The half inch one is a flat blade screwdriver while I was out there because I forgot about that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Ended up That's... chipping it, but oh, when, oh, when I get back, yeah. I can regrind it. Who cares? Cool. It's terrible. Cool. Awesome. Well, um, oh, yeah. I, that, I, that, I, I have yeah. one. So, yeah, last week it was a plasma cutter, which I used a lot this week, and currently it is not my favorite tool just because <laughs> I spent so much time using it. It's a great tool and it saved me a lot of time. I love it, but I've put in my time on that thing this week. Um, so I'm going to go with the uh, my cold saw. The, uh, what is it, the DeWalt, uh, where is it at? DW872 is the one that I have. Uh, it cuts metal. Well, that's it. <laughs> cool. Cool. Awesome. Well, uh, we've got another question for the after show, so we will get into that here in a couple minutes. So if you guys don't know about it, uh, basically it's for our $5 and up patrons. So if you want to support the show, you can head over to patreon.com slash crafted podcast. And uh, that's a great way to support us and, and kind of keep our hosting co- costs down. We actually just did the math the other day, and we like just like last week broke even uh, between the costs of hosting the podcast itself and our website and the app and all that kind of stuff. So um, all that, that, that kind of helps out uh, to kind of keep this going for us. So, uh, yeah. Um, also, I guess we should announce, in case we haven't announced it, I can't really remember, but we're going to be at the Video Woodworkers event in, I guess, just outside of Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, June 22nd through the 24th. We're going to be hanging out there, 23rd through the 25th, rather, uh, hanging out there and building something cool and hanging out with a bunch of other woodworkers. So, um, where we will actually be building stuff in the middle of the field. So yeah. it's going to be kind of wild. And uh, so if you want to get your face in one of our videos. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Come, uh, Some come cameos. Hang out in person. I think we'll <laughs> probably raffle off the whatever we're building at the end of the weekend and probably raffle off a bunch of tools to go with that. So it should be a really good time. It's us and a ton of other people. So uh, if you're anywhere. I call here, I bring another 
50 other people already this time the box was a hit in atlanta everybody <laughs> thought i was weird it was... yeah yeah i'm definitely we should make our own box yeah seriously <laughs> Cool. Well, uh, thanks again, as always, everybody. Live chat people, stick around. We'll be digging into the after show right after this. And uh, until next time, thanks, everybody. See ya. Later. <laughs>